Welcome to Timeless Tales, classic stories and poems for the young and the young at heart. I'm Miss Fiona, and over the course of six episodes, I'll share folk tales, fairy stories, classic poems, and short selections from timeless fantasy books. This podcast is a production of the Caldwell Public Library in Caldwell, Idaho. Episode 4, Fairy Tales. Today, we'll dip our toes into the deep water of fairy stories, featuring magic, imaginary creatures large and small, and lots of adventure. Fairy tales have been told in many different ways through hundreds of years. Our first tale, Jack and the Beanstalk, tells the story of a rather silly young man who manages to outsmart a very rich giant. In the second, Rumpelstiltskin, a tiny but skillful magical man, agrees to help a poor miller's daughter for a price. And now, on with the timeless tales. Jack and the Beanstalk, retold by Joseph Jacobs. There was, once upon a time, a poor widow who had only one son named Jack and a cow named Milky White, and all they had to live on was the milk the cow gave every morning, which they carried to market and sold. But one morning Milky White gave no milk. They didn't know what to do. What shall we do? What shall we do? said the widow, wringing her hands. Cheer up, mother. I'll go and get work somewhere, said Jack. We've tried that before, and nobody would take you, said his mother. We must sell Milky White, and with the money start a shop or something. All right, mother, says Jack. It's market day today. I'll soon sell Milky White, and then we'll see what we can do. So he took the cow's halter in his hand, and off he started. He hadn't gone far when he met a funny-looking old man who said to him, Good morning, Jack. Good morning to you, said Jack, and wondered how he knew his name. Well, Jack, where are you off to, said the man. I'm going to market to sell our cow here. Oh, you look the proper sort of chap to sell cows, said the man. I wonder if you know how many beans make five. Two in each hand and one in your mouth, says Jack, as sharp as a needle. Right you are, says the man, and here they are, the very beans themselves. And he went on, pulling out of his pocket a number of strange-looking beans. As you are so sharp, says he, I don't mind doing a swap with you. Your cow for these beans. Go along, says Jack. Wouldn't you like it? Ah, you don't know what these beans are, said the man. If you plant them overnight, by morning they grow right up to the sky. Really? says Jack. You don't say so. Yes, that is so. And if it doesn't turn out to be true, you can have your cow back. Right, says Jack and hands him over Milky White's halter and pockets the beans. Back goes Jack home, 
and as he hadn't gone very far it wasn't dusk by the time he got to his door. "'Back already, Jack,' said his mother. "'I see you haven't got Milky White, so you've sold her. How much did you get for her?' "'You'll never guess, mother,' says Jack. "'No, you don't say. Good boy. Five pounds? Ten? Fifteen? No, it can't be twenty. I told you you couldn't guess. What do you say to these beans? They're magical. Plant them overnight and... What? said Jack's mother. Have you been such a fool, such a dolt, as to give away my milky white, the best milker in the parish, and prime beef to boot for a... a set of beans? And as for your precious beans, here they go out the window. Now, off with you to bed. Not a sup shall you drink, and not a bit shall you swallow this very night. So Jack went upstairs to his little room in the attic, and sad and sorry he was, to be sure, as much for his mother's sake as for the loss of his supper. At last he dropped off to sleep. When he woke up, the room looked so funny. The sun was shining into part of it, yet all the rest was quite dark and shady, so Jack jumped up and dressed himself and went to the window, and what do you think he saw? Why, the beans his mother had thrown out of the window into the garden had sprung up into a big beanstalk, which went up and up and up till it reached the sky. So the man spoke truth after all. The beanstalk grew up quite close past Jack's window, so all he had to do was to open it and give a jump onto the beanstalk, which ran up just like a big ladder. So Jack climbed, and he 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 climbed, till at last he reached the sky. When he got there, he found a long, broad road going straight as a dart. So he walked along, and he walked along, and he walked along, till he came to a great, big, tall house, and on the doorstep, there was a great, big, tall woman. Good morning, Mum, says Jack, quite polite-like. Could you be so kind as to give me some breakfast? For he hadn't had anything to eat, you know, the night before, and was hungry as a hunter. It's breakfast you want, is it? said the great, big, tall woman. It's breakfast you'll be if you don't move off from here. My man is an ogre. There's nothing better he likes than boys broiled on toast. You better be moving on, or he'll soon be coming. Oh, oh, please, Mum, do give me something to eat, Mum. I've had nothing to eat since yesterday morning. Really, really and truly, Mum, says Jack. I may as well be broiled as die of hunger. Well, the ogre's wife was not half so bad after all. She took Jack in the kitchen and gave him a hunk of bread and cheese and a jug of milk. But Jack hadn't half finished these when thump, 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 the whole house began to tremble with the noise of someone coming. Goodness gracious me, it's my old man, said the ogre's wife. Who 
what on earth shall I do? Come along, quick, jump in here. She bundled Jack into the oven just as the ogre came in. He was a big one, to be sure. At his belt he had three calves strung up by the heels. He unhooked them, threw them on the table, and said, Here, wife, broil me a couple of these for breakfast. Ah, what's this I smell? Fee-fi-fo-fum! I smell the blood of an Englishman. Nonsense, dear, said his wife. You're dreaming. Or perhaps you smell the scraps of that little boy you liked so much for yesterday's dinner. Here you go. Have a wash and a tidy up. By the time you come back, your breakfast will be ready for you. So off the ogre went. Jack was just going to jump out of the oven and run away when the woman told him not. Wait till he's asleep, says she. He always has a doze after breakfast. Well, the ogre had his breakfast, and after that he goes to a big chest and takes out of it a couple bags of gold. Down he sits and counts, till at last his head began to nod and he started to snore. Till the whole house shook again. Then Jack crept out on tiptoe from his oven. As he was passing the ogre, he took one of the bags of gold under his arm. And off he peltered till he came to the beanstalk and he threw down the bag of gold, which of course fell into his mother's garden. And then he climbed down and he climbed down and he climbed down and he climbed down and he climbed down till at last he got home and he told his mother and showed her the gold and said, Well, mother, wasn't I right about the beans? They are really magical, you see. So they lived on the bag of gold for some time. But at last they came to the end of it and Jack made up his mind to try his luck one more time at the top of the beanstalk. So, one fine morning he rose up early and got on to the beanstalk and he climbed 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 until at last he came to the road again and up to the great big tall house he had been to before. There, sure enough, was the great big tall woman a-standing on the doorstep. Good morning, Mum, says Jack. Could you be so kind as to give me something to eat? Go away, my boy, said the big tall woman, or else my man will eat you up for breakfast. But aren't you the youngster who came here once before? Do you know that very day my man missed one of his bags of gold? That's strange, Mum, said Jack. I dare say I could tell you something about that, but... Oh, I'm so hungry, I can't speak till I've had something to eat. Well, the big tall woman was so curious. She took him in and gave him something to eat. But he had scarcely begun munching it as slowly as he could when... Thump! 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 They heard the giant's footstep and his wife hit Jack away in the oven. Everything happened as it had before. In came the ogre as he did before. He said, fee fi fo fum like he did before. And he had his breakfast of three broiled oxen, like he did before. Then he said, Wife, bring me the hen that lays the golden 
eggs. So she brought it, and the ogre said, Lay! And it laid an egg all of gold. And then the ogre began to nod his head, and he started to snore. the house shook. Then Jack crept out of the oven on tiptoe and caught hold of the golden hen and was off before you could say Jack Robinson. But this time the hen gave a cackle which woke the ogre and just as Jack got out of the house he heard him calling, Wife! Wife! What have you done with my golden hen? The wife said, Why? my dear? But that was all Jack heard, for he rushed off to the beanstalk and he climbed down like a house on fire. When he got home, he showed his, showed his mother the wonderful hen and said, lay. And it laid a golden egg every time he said, lay. Well, Jack was not content, and it wasn't very long before he determined to have another try at his luck up there at the top of the beanstalk. So, one fine morning he rose up early, got onto the beanstalk, and climbed, and he 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 climbed till he got to the top. But this time he knew better than to go straight to the ogre's house. When he got near it, he waited behind a bush till he saw the ogre's wife come out with a pail to get some water. And then he crept into the house and got into the copper. He hadn't been there long when he heard thump, 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 just like before. And in came the ogre and his wife. Fee, fi, fo, fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman, cried out the ogre. I smell him, wife. I smell him. Do you, dearie, said the ogre's wife. Then if it's that little rogue stole your gold and the hen that laid the golden eggs, he's sure to have got into the oven. And they both rushed to the oven. But Jack wasn't there, luckily. Ogre's wife said, There you are again with your fee fi fo fum Why, of course. It's just the boy you caught last night and I've just broiled for your breakfast. How forgetful I am. How careless you are not to know the difference between live and not live after all these years. So the ogre sat down to breakfast and ate it. But every now and then he would mutter, Well, I could have sworn. He'd get up and search the larder and the cupboards and everything. Only luckily he didn't think of the copper. After breakfast was over, the ogre called out, Wife, wife, bring me my golden harp. She brought it out and put it on the table before him. And he said, Sing! And the golden harp sang most beautifully. And it went on singing till the ogre fell asleep and commenced to snore like thunder. Jack lifted up the copper lid very quietly, got down like a mouse, and crept on hands and knees till he came to the table. And 
up he crawled, caught hold of that golden harp, and dashed with it toward the door. The harp called out quite loud, Master! Master! And the ogre woke up just in time to see Jack running off with his harp. Jack ran as fast as he could, and the ogre came rushing after, and would soon have caught him only. Jack had a start, and dodged him a bit, and knew where he was going. When he got to the beanstalk, the ogre was not more than twenty yards away, when suddenly he saw Jack disappear. And when he came to the end of the road, he saw Jack underneath climbing down for dear life. Well, the ogre didn't like trusting himself to such a ladder, and he stood and waited. So Jack got another start. But just then the harp cried out, Master! Master! And the ogre swung himself down under the beanstalk, which shook with his weight. Down climbed Jack, and after him climbed the ogre by this time. Jack had climbed down and climbed down and climbed down and climbed down. He was very nearly home. He called out, Mother! Mother! Bring me an axe! Bring me an axe! His mother came rushing out with the axe in her hand, but when she came to the beanstalk, she stood stock still with fright, for there she saw the ogre with his legs just through the clouds. But Jack jumped down, got hold of the axe, and gave a chop at the beanstalk. The ogre felt the beanstalk shake and quiver, so he stopped to see what was the matter. Jack gave it another chop with the axe. The beanstalk was cut in two and began to topple over. The ogre fell down and broke his crown, and the beanstalk came tumbling after. Then Jack showed his mother the golden harp, and with what, what was showing that and selling the golden eggs, Jack and his mother became very rich, and he married a great princess, and they live happily ever after. The end. The story of Rumpelstiltskin, retold by the Brothers Grimm. There was, once upon a time, a poor miller who had a very beautiful daughter. Now, it happened one day. He had an audience with the king, and in order to appear a person of some importance, he told him that he had a daughter who could spin straw into gold. Now, that's a talent worth having, said the king to the miller. If your daughter is as clever as you say, bring her to my palace tomorrow. When the girl came, he led her to a room full of straw, gave her a spinning wheel and a spindle, and said, Now, set to work and spin all night till early dawn, and if by that time you have not spun the straw into gold, you shall die. Then he closed the door behind him and left her alone inside. So the poor miller's daughter sat down and did not know what in the world she was to do. She had not the least idea of how to spin straw into gold, and at last she became so miserable she began to cry. Suddenly the door opened, and in stepped a tiny man who said, Good evening, Miss Miller Maid. Why are you crying so bitterly? Oh, answered the girl, I have to spin straw into gold, and I haven't a notion how it's done. What will you give me if I spin it for you? The little man asked. My necklace, said the girl. The little man took the necklace, sat himself down at the spinning wheel, and whir, 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 the wheel 
went around three times, and the bobbin was full. Then he put on another. Whirr, whirr, whirr. The wheel went round three times, and the second two was full. <gasps> and so it went till morning, when all the straw was spun away, and the bobbins were full of gold. As soon as the sun rose, the king came. When he saw the gold, he was astonished and delighted, but he was only more greedy than ever for gold. He had the miller's daughter put into another room full of straw, much bigger than the first, and told her if she valued her life, she needed to spin it all into gold before the next morning. The girl didn't know what to do and started crying again. Then the door opened as before, and the tiny little man appeared as before and said, What will you give me if I spin that straw into gold for you? The ring from my finger, answered the girl. The little man took the ring, and whirr, around went the spinning wheel, and when morning broke, he had spun all the straw into glittering gold. The king was pleased beyond all measure at the sight, but he still was not satisfied, and he had the miller's daughter brought into an even bigger room full of straw. You have to spin all this away in the night, he said, but if you succeed this time, you shall become my wife. He thought to himself, she's only a miller's daughter, but I couldn't find a richer wife if I was to search the whole world over. When the girl was alone, the little man appeared for the third time and said, What will you give me if I spin the straw for you once again? I've nothing more to give, answered the girl. Ah, then promise me when you are queen to give me your first child. Who knows what might happen before that, she thought. Besides, she didn't see any other way out of it. So she promised the little man what he demanded, and he set to work once more and spun the straw into gold. When the king came in in the morning and found everything as he desired, he straightway married her, and the miller's daughter became a queen. When a year had passed, a beautiful son was born to her, and she thought no more of the little man. Till all of a sudden one day, he stepped into her room and said, now, give me what you promised. The queen was in a great state. She offered the little man all the riches in her kingdom, if only he would leave her child alone. But the little man said, Oh, no, a living creature is dearer to me than all the treasures in the world. Then the queen started to cry and sob so bitterly that the little man was sorry for her. And he said, Oh, fine. I'll give you three days, three days, to guess my name. And if you find it out in that time, you may keep your child. Then the queen pondered the whole night over, thinking of all the names she'd ever heard, and sent a messenger to scour the land and pick up far and near any names that he might come across. When the little man arrived on the following day, she started with, Casper, Melchior, Belshazzar, and all the names she knew. But at each one, the little man called out, No, no, that's not my name. The next day, she sent to inquire the names of all the people in the neighborhood and had a long list of the most 
uncommon names she could come up with. Is your name perhaps Sheepshanks, Crookshanks, or Spindleshanks? He always replied, that's not my name. On the third day, the messenger returned and announced, I have not been able to find any new names. But as I came upon a high hill round the corner of the wood, where the foxes and hares bid each other good night, I saw a little house, and in front of the house burned a fire, and round the fire sprang the strangest little man hopping on one leg and crying, Tomorrow I brew, today I bake, and then the child away I'll take, for little deems my royal dame that Rumpelstiltskin is my name. Imagine the queen's delight at hearing the name, when the little man stepped in shortly afterward and asked, Now, my lady queen, what is my name? She asked first, Is your name Conrad? No. Is your name Henry? No. Is your name perhaps Rumpelstiltskin? <gasps> Who told you that? Oh, I'm so angry, screamed the little man. In his rage, he drove his right foot so far into the ground that it sank in up to his waist. And then in a passion, his left foot stomped down. He sunk into the ground and was never seen again. The end. Thank you for listening to today's stories. If you're enjoying hearing stories as podcasts, you might consider visiting the website Kids Listen, where you can find other podcasts for kids and families. For those who love fairy tales, I recommend April 8, featuring original fairy tales, songs, crafts, and good old fun. Music for today's program is from Carnival of the Animals, composed by Camille Sanson and performed by the Seattle Youth Symphony. The recording was made available through Muse Open, a provider of music free of copyright. That's all for today. Please join me again next week for more Timeless Tales. <laughs>